0: Hello and welcome to episode 4 of the Everything Hoops podcast here on KRN YouTube. I'm your host Daniel Mahoney and today I'm going to talk about what's been going on in the Western Conference and I'll be talking about the Eastern Conference plan, specifically the Bulls. I will talk about the matchups that they'll face in the plan and what they need to do to get out of the plan and I'll also play Would You Rather. I hope you enjoy the episode. So first, I'm going to talk about the first seed, Denver Nuggets, who some people are saying are pretenders for good reason because they have struggled recently. They went on a four-game losing streak against the Bulls, Spurs, Nets, and Raptors, and their defense was absolutely atrocious, especially in the paint, specifically against the Spurs, Raptors, and the Bulls. And there have been problems with lineups. Their bench isn't good. Mike Malone hasn't been able to stagger the minutes really well. So people do have questions about the Nuggets right now, which is completely valid. However, what I do not like is people saying that. That the Nuggets have been struggling these recent games because Nikola Jokic is bad defensively. Nikola Jokic has always been limited defensively because he is slow, he can't move his feet well, and he can't protect the rim at all. But the Nuggets still have been a good defensive team this year before this recent bad stretch. It was the play of guys like Bruce Brown, Aaron Gordon, Michael Porter Jr. has been good defensively, Contavius Caldwell. Pope they were having Jokic hedge pick and roll so they didn't have to rely on him to be a defensive anchor they can just rely on their backside defense and all their rotations defensively like low man coming over to stop the roll when Jokic hedges a pick and roll then xing out if they make a kick out pass to the corner and then making all those extra defensive efforts to get a stop I just want to make this clear of course I'm not saying that Jokic doesn't have to be better Sometimes he can give a little more effort, maybe try to protect the rim a little bit better, but mostly I think his teammates need to be better. They can't get beat off the dribble so easily because... If guys are able to get into the paint easily, they're going to score in the paint because Jokic is not a rim protector. I think they need to do a better job rotating. They were figuring it out for most of the season and then that four game losing streak, the loss against the Nets. Recently they have struggled with their team defense and helping each other out and helping Jokic out defensively. Offensively things have been great still with the Denver Nuggets. They still move the ball extremely well. Nikola Jokic is a gifted passer. Sometimes he isn't aggressive enough and passes up on open shots, but besides that, he has been great. However, there have been problems with the Denver Nuggets offensively. First, Jamal Murray has been inconsistent. He went 4-for-15 against the Bulls, 5-for-19 against the Nets, 5-for-18 against the Raptors. He can't have these types of games if the Nuggets want to be successful in the playoffs. Contavious caldwell Pope is not shooting the three ball like how he was earlier on in the season. Aaron Gordon has struggled recently, not playing as good as he once was Bruce Brown has struggled a little bit he played good against the Wizards but he's important because he's one of their only good bench players and he struggled a little bit too but the main problem I want to talk about is Michael Malone not being able to stagger the minutes between the starters and the bench. Sometimes his lineups could get ugly because his bench isn't necessarily great. Bruce Brown, they just started playing Christian Brown again after for some reason not putting him in the lineup, having Reggie Jackson play over him, which was not a good decision because Reggie Jackson isn't good, but sometimes Michael Malone has lineups like Jamal Murray, Bruce Brown, Christian Brown, Jeff Green, Thomas Bryant. He's been playing Thomas Bryant a little bit less recently because fact of the matter is Thomas Bryant is not going to be useful in a playoff series because he can't do anything defensively. Jeff Green struggles defensively too. So I think in that lineup, you should probably put in another starter like Aaron Gordon so you're better defensively. Or maybe you put in Michael Porter Jr. to get more of an offensive spark so you don't have to rely on Jamal Murray so much with that lineup. So when people talk about the Nuggets' lack of bench depth, I understand that. But depth really isn't a big thing in the playoffs. If you're able to stagger the minutes between the starters and the bench players and you have five playable players at all times, then you can get away with only playing eight guys in the playoffs. But Michael Malone's lineups have been a little questionable. So that's what I'm going to be looking at and see if Michael Malone does a better job of staggering the minutes and doesn't do those dumb lineups that make them lose a 10-point lead early or they get outscored by 10 points. Now to finish the season, the Denver Nuggets are going to have games against the Bucs, the Sixers, the Suns twice, the Warriors, and the Kings. So this is what I'm going to be looking for. I'm going to specifically be looking at the defense. How are they going to guard Joel Embiid? How are they going to guard Devin Booker in the pick and roll? How are they going to specifically guard Steph also in the pick and roll and guard all the off-ball actions and have to work? and chase Steph off pin downs, flare screens, all those things. How are they going to stop the Kings electric offense? That's what I'm going to be looking for. I'm also going to be looking at Michael Malone's lineups. If I see good defense and if I see Michael Malone make smart decisions with his lineups, then I'll consider the Nuggets the favorites in the West because it's so wide open. But if their defense struggles and Michael Malone doesn't make good decisions with his lineups, then of of course, I can see the Nuggets not making it out of the West. Anyways, moving on, I'm going to talk about the Kings. They've had a couple bad losses. They lost to the Jazz, gave up 128 points. And then the next day, they got blown out by the Celtics. So you you can see the problems that they may face in the playoffs with their defense because they don't have much good perimeter defenders and obviously like Jokic Sabonis is also limited defensively so it's hard for the Kings to make up for his defensive problems and they don't have much good perimeter defenders like their best perimeter defender is Harrison Barnes maybe that's not good but of course they're still extremely hard to stop offensively these two games they haven't had Kevin Herter which hurts them offensively of course because they can't go to their DH shows as much as they want to and he's their best three-point shooter De'Aaron has still been good but I just get worried when they versed a team like the Suns the Nuggets how are they going to stop them But the thing about it is that the Kings, if they stay in the third seed, they can avoid those two matchups until the conference finals maybe. So maybe if they have an easy path, maybe they can make it to the conference finals with how good their offense is. This is one of the best offenses In the league, it is the best offense in the league. They move the ball extremely well. Hit threes. They execute in the half court. Great transition. De'Aaron Fox is incredible in the clutch. Sabonis is someone who gets his teammates easy shots with him operating in the elbow, running DHOs, hitting cutters, all those type of things. Mike Brown, I think, has done a great job. Will probably win coach of the year. So... I think the Kings can definitely do something in the playoffs. In my opinion, I think they can beat the Warriors because the Warriors not having Andrew Wiggins due to personal reasons, not having Gary Payne the second because he's injured. I think those guys are critical in a in a Warriors vs. Kings series. I also think that the Warriors do not guard the three well, which if the Kings can get hot at home, home then the Warriors I don't think have a chance of beating the Kings but Jonathan Kuminga has been really good so he can step up for Andrew Wiggins and Gary Payne II. second I think he's ready sometimes he falls asleep uh on defense but his on ball defense Is absolutely elite. If they verse the Clippers, of course, we know what happened to Paul George. Unfortunately, we don't even know if he'll return this year. So I think the Kings can be dumb. And then in the second round series against the Grizzlies, probably, I think the Kings are better. I think they would need to focus on rebounding and transition defense, which is important when you're versing the Grizzlies because that is what they. Excel at. It's going to be a tough series, but I think if you keep them in the half court, if you don't turn the ball over and you keep them to one possession, I think they are beatable. Of course, the interior defense is worrying me because the Kings don't protect the paint and the Grizzlies get all their points in the paint. They're one of the leading teams in points in the paint, but I still think the Kings can win that type of series and can make it to the conference finals. Now I talked about the Warriors, and I just want to say, they're still so fun to watch. I mean, with their ball movement, all their cutting, and watching Stephen Curry run all around the court, moving off the ball. It's so fun to watch. Seeing him attract two off a pin down, which leads to an easy slip for Kevon Looney. Seeing everything that Draymond does, both offensively with all of his reads, and defensively helping everyone out defensively. being the leader. This team needs on that end of course they still have been struggling and I talked about it before I just think it's because one of course Andrew Wiggins and Gary Payne the second their two main perimeter defenders are out they also don't have a real rim protector Draymond's probably their best rim protector so that means they have to overhelp, which means they leave the three-pointer wide open so there are so many games where they give up 17 threes and I don't think that you can win if the other team makes 17 threes in today's NBA. I mean, just look at some of their losses. Against the Hawks, the Hawks made 16 threes. They're one of the worst three-point shooting teams in the league and take the least amount of threes in the league. The Grizzlies, they hit 18 threes and they usually have bad spacing, but against the Warriors, they hit 18 threes. So I think that's going to be a huge problem for them, especially not having home court advantage, maybe, possibly they could have home court advantage. But if they do not, then I think that teams can get hot from three at home against the Warriors and the Warriors will not be able to stop it. But of course, the Warriors with Steph, Clay, and Draymond technically haven't lost when they're all healthy so there's a possibility but with health their defense not being as elite this year. I do not see them being successful in the postseason, but you never know. The next team I'm going to talk about is the Dallas Mavericks. And of course, a big reason why they've been struggling is Luka and Kyrie haven't been healthy recently. Luka just played against the Warriors, but Kyrie missed that game. And Kyrie played against the Grizzlies, but Luka missed that game. So a positive has been Jaden Hardy. Jaden Hardy is a great player and should be getting more minutes and should have been having minutes for a long time now. He's an absolute bucket. He can score in isolation, has a nice jumper. He can really play. He's a good young player, great rookie. I've been very impressed with his play while Luka and Kyrie have missed time. And that's what I want to talk about is mainly Jason Kidd, of course. He should have given J- Jaden Hardy a chance. He should have believed in Christian Wood more. I understand the problems that Christian Wood has, but I would trust him more than Dwight Powell, you know? I think that Christian Wood could have given them some more scoring and shot creating that they needed. Another thing that I want to talk about is, of course, how the Dallas Mavericks close games, and it's mainly Jason Kidd's fault I want to talk about the Mavericks versus Grizzlies game because they were in control but blew a big lead in the fourth quarter, and Jason Kidd didn't even call a timeout. And when he was asked about it, he said this. Earned uh, two of them uh, when they made their run there. And so the third, we feel that the game is under control. Um, we've talked about trust uh, between player and coach. Uh, You know, players feel that, you know, when you take a timeout, you kind of send the message that you don't trust them. So um, we've talked about this for the last two years, and I trust that group out there. Now I understand you wanna trust your players, but at the same time when you're blowing a lead on the road, when the home team has them has the momentum and the home crowd is getting into the game and you have five possessions where you just don't score, then I think you gotta you gotta call a timeout so it doesn't get even more out of hand and Jason Kidd just doesn't do that and of course I've talked about how his plays out of timeouts when the game is on the line they're absolutely horrible and they never get a good shot on their final possession I think that Jason Kidd has not done a good job and he's the main reason why the Mavericks have been struggling of course defensively they're still not good I I feel like with a better coach, they would have been better defensively this year. Of course, their interior defense is not good because their starting center is Dwight Powell. They're terrible on the rebounds, on the glass, because they don't have a true center that can grab those boards. There there are a lot of problems that isn't Jason Kidd's fault. I just feel like he should be doing a better job. And talking about that Grizzlies game a little more. Their their offense in the clutch was basically just give the ball to Kyrie Irving and get out of the way, which was a problem because Kyrie got injured again in the third quarter of that game and wasn't himself and struggled in the fourth quarter. He created decent shots that Kyrie Irving usually hits, but he was struggling to hit them because he was injured so I just don't think you can be that predictable in the clutch and it'll work out and a big problem with the Mavericks is that no one on the floor besides Kyrie and Luca, when they play of course they haven't been playing together is that no one else can can do anything no one else can create off the dribble no one else can relieve pressure i mean you see what dwight powell does if he gets the ball in the short roll it's just a complete mess the warriors game i didn't think it was that bad they had some miscommunications defensively they didn't rebound well but i thought they put an overall good effort they just (laughs) remember in the warriors game the play in the third quarter where the Mavericks thought it was their ball but it was the Warriors ball and they gave up an easy layup to Kevon Looney that was absolutely hilarious so bad things like that also happened to them so they've been a little unlucky anyways I think that the Mavericks of course it's not completely over if they it make improvements to their defense the last couple weeks of the season if they get the right matchups in the playoffs then maybe they can have some success in the postseason because I believe in a Luka and Kyrie duo. I do not believe in Jason Kidd. So maybe that's not even going to happen and he's going to get coached by whoever the Mavericks play in a playoff series. So I think they should fire Jason Kidd in the offseason. Get a couple more defensive pieces like a rim protector so you can have Luka, Kyrie, Maxi Kleba and a rim protecting Figure out what you're going to do with Christian Wood. He's probably not going to be on the team. There's no chance he's going to be a maverick. I mean, he likes cryptic tweets saying that he's not happy with his role, that he's getting mistreated by Jason Kidd. Maybe Jason Kidd has some personal issues with Christian Wood. I don't know, but also I'm excited to see what Jayden Hardy does next year if Jason Kidd or whoever, whoever the coach is next year gives him consistent minutes. Because like I said, I think he's extremely talented and he's that third shot creator that the Mavericks need and of course the most important thing is re-signing Kyrie. I feel like he's going to be a Mav. It would be pretty crazy if he's not but I think he will re-sign with the Mavericks this offseason. You run it back with a new team with a rim protecting center then maybe you can have some success next year. Before getting to would you rather I want to talk about the Bulls a little bit bit because we've had a lot of good moments like beating the Nuggets by 21, beating the Timberwolves in double overtime. Unfortunately Anthony Edwards got injured that game. Beating the Heat by 14 and only giving up 99 points which isn't the most impressive thing because the Heat aren't a good offensive team. Beating the Sixers in double overtime. The big block that Derrick Jones Jr. had On James Harden, but we've also had a lot of low moments like losing to the Sacramento Kings, which isn't a low moment because obviously they're a great team, but we lost on a buzzer beater. The defense on that game wasn't good, and we just lost to the Sixers by 24. that game was ugly from the start it started off 17 to 0 you could tell that the Sixers were just motivated after that loss in Philadelphia they just wanted to beat the Bulls badly they did it without James Harden they hit around 16 threes which really is what concerns me about the Bulls defense yes they're a good defensive team but they don't guard the three well. They give up open threes and sometimes over help. So that's my bi- biggest concern with the defense. The offense has looked good at times against the Nuggets. We were attacking the basket really well. Against the Timberwolves, we were attacking matchups re- really well. DeMar DeRozan and Zach Levine were absolutely incredible. DeMar had 49 in that game against the Timberwolves. The Miami Heat game. We moved the ball extremely well, got good shots. The Sixers game in double double overtime. Zach Levine had a solid game. And DeMar DeRozan hit some big shots in the fourth and overtime and in double overtime. But there's still those games where it's extremely stagnant and we don't get good shots. We can't hit enough three-pointers, which doesn't help us offensively and won't help us get out of the plan. Speaking about the plan, the Bulls are currently the 10th seed and in the plan because the Wizards have been struggling recently. So when I look at the matchups, first the Raptors, I feel confident about that matchup because defensively they're not good. They are over aggressive. Their defense is more known for forcing turnovers. I think that's the most important thing. Don't turn the ball over. But they double team a lot, which leaves a lot of guys open. which means they gotta help you can always get a good shot against their offense their on-ball defense isn't necessarily really good the only guy that i'm scared of is og and because he's really good defensively and they also gamble a lot for steals talking about how they force turnovers if they don't get those steals, they're just basically giving up an easy basket because you're giving up numbers and offensively they don't hit threes at all the bulls don't hit threes but the raptors don't either so we don't have to worry about that their only real three-point shooters are fred van vliet and gary trent and both of those guys are inconsistent and the raptors don't have any bench like i said you don't need to have a great bench but they literally don't have anyone on that bench. Besides Gary Trent Jr. So I'm not necessarily worried about the Raptors. But of course it's one game and anything can happen. So if the Bulls turn the turn the ball over 15 times. And give up like 15 offensive rebounds. Another thing that the Raptors do while they get offensive rebounds. Then the, Ra- then the Bulls could lose against the Raptors in the play But I feel comfortable with that matchup. And another thing is we got to make open shots. That was the main reason why we lost to them earlier because Alex Caruso, Patrick Beverly, they got open shots, just couldn't hit them. Now with the Hawks, their defense is really bad. What scares me is specifically their offense with Trey Young. I don't know how, I mean, I know how we're going to stop the pick and roll with Trey Young, but I'm just worried that Billy Donovan will use the wrong defensive scheme. I just want him to hedge, blitz, trap Trey Young on any pick and roll possible. The Hawks have been an interesting team because I really don't trust DeJounte Murray because he's an inconsistent shot creator. DeAndre Hunter is also inconsistent and he's been really struggling. John Collins isn't that good. Clint Capella, he's fine. He rebounds. He's a solid rim roller but he doesn't really give you that much else. He protects the rim solidly. They have good depth. I just think that if we can stop Trey Young then we have have a pretty good chance of beating them because their defense isn't good and they don't hit threes and their offense is kind of predictable. So I'm not totally afraid of that matchup. I just feel like Trey Young may have a great game against us and that'll get them the win. Against the Heat, we've had our way against the Heat. We beat them three times. I just am really concerned about playoff Jimmy. I'm concerned of Eric's Bolstra in the playoffs because he's always a good coach in the playoffs but the heats this year they've been bad they lack talents Tyler Hero, Bam Adebayo, those guys are the only real offensive options. They have a bunch of liabilities offensively. They can't hit threes, and defensively, yes, they're good. But sometimes there's lineups out there that you can attack defensively, like their starting lineup: Gabe Vincent, Tyler Hero, Jimmy, Kevin Love, Bam. That's three bad defenders. Gabe Vincent's fine, but he's short, so there's ways that you can attack them. Fact of the matter is they just don't have that talent that a championship contender has. So I think it's possible, but I wouldn't want to verse them with their experience in these games and the fact that Jimmy always comes to play in these do or die games. Finally, to end off the show, I'm going to do a quick would you rather with Zach Levine. The first one's Jalen Brown. I would give the slight edge to Jalen Brown because he's more of an efficient scorer, but I think that one's extremely close. Both of them are great scoring guards. I just think that Jalen Brown, he does it a little bit more efficiently. This one is interesting and I'm going to do Drew Holiday again because I'm interested how people look at this. Do you pick Drew Holiday for his defense, everything that he does? Or do you take Zach Levine who has an edge as a scorer and has more talent than Drew Holiday? So in my opinion, I think Zach Levine is better, but I understand in terms of value and fit why someone would take Drew Holiday. I mean, the Bucks would rather have Drew Holiday than Zach Levine. Next one is Trey Young, and I'm a big fan of Trey Young, so I'm gonna go with Trey Young here because I Zach's a more efficient scorer, but Trey's a better playmaker. He can do more off the pick and roll, make better reads. He's a better decision maker. Next is Tyrese Halburn. And right now, I'm going to pick Zach, but I feel like next year, once Tyrese continues to improve a little bit more as a scorer, specifically his mid range game, I think he will be better than Zach Levine. Next is De'Aaron Fox. And this is a. Okay. I am going to go with Zach Levine because he's a bet. Um. I'm going to go with De'Aaron Fox because he's a better defender and I got to give him credit for how he has been able to close out games. His mid-range is absolutely incredible. I just want to see De'Aaron be more of an efficient three-point shooter. Next is Devin Booker and Devin Booker I think is better. He's one of the most efficient scorers in the league. He makes it look so easily Finally, Shay Gilgis Alexander. And I'm going to go with Shay because, in my opinion, I just like how smooth Shea is, how he gets to his spots, how he finishes at the rim. He's a better playmaker and defender than Zach Levine. And Shea has been underrated for the last couple of years. It's just with the Thunder tanking and a smaller market, he hasn't gotten the respect he deserved. Actually, I can go for one more. Anthony Edwards. This one's an interesting one. That's hard. I'm going to go with... Zach Levine actually no no no, I'm gonna switch it I'm gonna go with Anthony Edwards because he's a better defender he can finish at the rim better but these guys are both similar anyways getting back to the west I probably should have talked about this but you're wondering who I got winning I'll be honest I really don't know which makes it so entertaining because you don't know Who's going to win? It could be the Nuggets, Warriors, Suns. It could be the Kings because they have a pretty easy path. I mean, the Mavericks could have been contenders, but their coaching is absolutely terrible. But I just love that it's unpredictable and you really do not know. That's why even though the Nuggets have struggled recently, They've won two straight against the Wizards and the Nets, so really don't take too much into it. Once again, I want to see what they do against the Bucks, Sixers, Suns, Warriors, all those teams. But I still have them as contenders because there's no clear favorite in this conference. Do I think that any team in the West can beat the Bucks? I'll be honest, probably not. I think the Bucks are going to win the championship. That's all I'm going to say. So thank you for watching this episode. Next episode's going to be about Victor. So I hope you enjoy the next episode. And I hope you enjoyed this episode. And I hope you have a good day.